your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day, as always. So on today's episode, we will be discussing, yes, we'll continue to talk about the Avalanche third period collapse against Columbus. I will play the the audio from Miko Rantanen. Um, and yesterday's episode, I was referencing it uh, when Kyle and I were discussing the game. And those comments were just coming out as we were recording. So I read them, but I want to play the audio, um, play his, it's, uh, you know, his few minutes of his post game press conference after the game was over just to get the feel of it. You know, it's one thing for me to read it, but it's another to hear it from the horse's mouth, uh, or in the moose's mouth, I guess. And kind of really just, and if you're watching on YouTube, kind of gauge his body language, it's just, it takes a whole nother meeting. So we're going to talk about that. I haven't talked about the Jack Eichel thing because I think this does obviously impact the Colorado Avalanche. Does this force their hand to maybe make a move or can they wait and see? So we'll, we'll talk about that and then just what the Avalanche need to do going forward when it's no secret, the power play. So all of that and where else, wherever else it takes us. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets, L O P N underscore avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com and subscribe to the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. All right. So yeah, because I did the crossover with Jay from Locked On Blue Jackets and then we had Kyle on after the Avalanche, uh, the game on Saturday, I haven't had an opportunity to discuss the Jack Eichel trade. And I know you might be thinking, what does it have to do with the Avalanche? It has a lot to do with the Avalanche for a number of reasons. One, obviously, Vegas is their biggest enemy, I would say, not only in you know a, a budding rivalry, but in the stands or standings, I should say. And a lot of people are, are, are assuming or thinking that you know the Western Conference Final, a, a likely uh, matchup would be Vegas and Colorado. I know a lot of people are thinking, well, Colorado just has to think about playing better right now. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, again, it is early in the season. And again, you would like, you would just want to see the Avalanche start to play a little better. If they're losing and they're good games and they're getting their looks and they're just going up against a goalie that's standing on their head. All right. I think everybody would be in a little bit different state of mind, but that doesn't seem to be the case. And then Vegas goes out. And Vegas seems to be what the Avalanche were under Pierre Lacroix. They just seem to get whatever player they want to. And they'll figure out the logistics and the the financial side of it when they have to. Cross that bridge when they come to it. And right now, for this season, it'll work. And then they have to figure out what the heck they're going to do next season. Cause that's all they're going to be way over the cap and they have to cut some salary, but they take the approach of, they don't, they don't care about that right now. If they can win a cup, it'll all be worth it. 
If they can win a cup, they can cut those guys knowing that they have a Stanley Cup in their bag. If they don't want to stand the cup, they have to cut those guys. Some guys saying, well, we went for it and it didn't work. That's the mentality that they have. I think that's the, the, the fan base loves that mentality. And, and they're going for it. Does this force the avalanche to do something? And if you listen to Eichel, he, I think he was talking to Elliot Friedman. He thought for a moment he was heading to Colorado. I don't know to the extent that he would know that because I don't know to what extent Buffalo was actually informing him of all of the deals and all of the possibilities of where he could go. My guess is they weren't too uh, much in communication with each other just based on how the relationship has been with the surgery that they wanted him to have and that he wanted didn't want to have and wanted to have his own. So I don't think they were calling him up on a daily basis saying like, oh, these are the teams that we talked to today and this is the deal that they were like. I doubt that happened. So how he thinks that he was heading to Colorado, maybe just a gut instinct. And maybe from what other people were telling him, maybe what his agent was telling, what his agent was hearing. There's reasons why he would feel that way. And we know that Colorado did inquire about him. And I don't think it was a very lengthy conversation because you know, the Avalanche are going to stand pat for the most part. I don't think they were willing to give up specific guys before the season started. As this season goes on and they get a better, you know, they get a better understanding of everything. They get a better understanding of how this team is playing. They get a better understanding of how their prospects are playing. I think they might be more inclined to make a deal come trade deadline than before the season even starts. And everybody's, you know, gung-ho and everybody's expecting this to be the best avalanche season in franchise history. And, you know, we're we're, we're 10 games in. And I think, you know, a lot of people still assume the avalanche are going to turn this around. Avalanche are slow starters. Last year, they they were, I think, five and five to start the season. And then they get on a run. So, you know, but do, but is this something that makes the avalanche say, is what we have right now good enough to compete with what Vegas just picked up? And I think they can take a wait and see approach because it's not like he's playing for them tomorrow. He he's got to go have this surgery and with the February break because of the Olympics, it's really up in the air when he can come back. It's all dependent on how much of a, a fast of a healer he is. But they're saying three to four months. And with that, you know, that brings you to Jan- it would be January or February. But because of that Olympic break, it really can be January. And if it's not January, it's going to be March. So the abs can really kind of take a wait and see if they wanted to, to see number one, like when he comes back, if it's in March, so it's a little bit late in the season, they can see where Vegas is in the standings because Vegas hasn't been doing so hot either to start the season. They've had a ton of injuries so they can wait and see where Vegas is in the standings, how their team is doing, how, how the avalanche themselves are doing. And they can really take stock of, do we need another impact player? You're not going to get one. I don't think to the level of, of Jack Eichel, I don't know who's going to be on the market come trade deadline, but you can really get a better lay of the land when he comes back and He's coming, he's going to be coming off major surgery. 
So there is no guarantee he is just going to jump on the ice and be back to normal Jack Eichel right off the bat. It's going to take him some time to get used to it. So if he doesn't come back till March, Avalanche will know where Vegas is in the standings, where they are in the standings. And I think maybe the Avalanche would feel pretty comfortable if they're sitting pretty, kind of standing pat again. They don't like to make a ton of deals. And if you know they don't want to give up all these prospects that they've acquired over the season, over the years, I, I don't. I, they're going to be players in the market for sure for a deal like we've seen the past number of seasons. Kind of these complementary pieces that don't really move the needle. They don't put them over the edge, but they make a deal because they they have to. They're in a position to just bring in some guys to help for the playoff push. Now, I know a lot of people are probably sitting there like, yeah, I've just got to, you know, no playoffs in our future for this year. Like, calm down. Uh, th- yes, they're playing bad. But like I said with Kyle, get that out of the way now. Get it out of the way now. And then, you know, you have more time to assess down the road. So I think another thing going for the Avalanche is if they do want to make a deal with the team, I don't think what Vegas had to give up to acquire him was much of anything at all. If Eichel returns to his, you know, superstar status, if the surgery goes well and he recovers well and he becomes, he goes back to the Jack Jack Eichel that we all know, I think Vegas made out like a bandit. So, it won't take too much because whoever the abs want to go after, whoever's available is not going to be on the caliber of Jack Eichel. And if all Vegas had to give up was a middle six guy, a prospect, a first round pick, which is going to be a late first round pick and a third rounder, which essentially you just swapped third rounders. uh, That's not bad to get a guy like him. So if the Avs really want to make a deal, yeah, they'd probably have to give up. You know, the prospects that the Avs have are much more sound than, than Vegas. But a deal could happen for them. So uh, I, I don't think you're going to see anything right now for the Avs. They're not panicking because they're not playing well right now. They, they know that the team that they have, they know what they can do. They just have to start doing it. But as far as a trade goes to match what Vegas did, I don't think you see that now. Uh, if all goes well and the abs are in good standing, you know, around the trade deadline, you'll see them make some moves. How how much of the blockbuster title uh, those moves will have remains to be seen. But it seems like the Avalanche are always involved in a player and they just can't land them for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because the other team on the other end just doesn't want to take that deal and the abs aren't giving up as much because you just or through the years, you just get the impression that the avalanches do not want to part with what they have built and they're not going to part with a lot. I think it pained them to let go of Connor Timmons, but they had no choice. Are they going to be in that position again a few months from now come trade deadline? We'll see. All right. Let us hear from direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for everything else. Well, I'd like to tell you about a simple way to get all of that inform- all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream. 
It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. And you can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that's directtv.com to learn more about Direct TV Stream. Also, Indeed, and you want an all-star team? Well, you need an all-star hiring partner, and you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Once again, Indeed.com slash locked on. The offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Indeed. We will hear from Miko. Because like I said in the beginning, uh, it's best to hear it from uh, the players themselves to kind of gauge their demeanor, uh, how they're saying it. And Miko's, he's, this is fresh. You know, he's, he's still sweating basically when they're talking to him. Um, and it's, it's a frustrating time. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think anybody in that locker room is, is, is hitting that panic button. Like we always want to say, but you want to, you want to figure it out. You want to figure it out. You want to figure out what's wrong. And even though when you know what's wrong, uh, so, to hear Miko kind of be blunt about some certain things was kind of refreshing to hear because you know that you you, you only want to hear, well, it's early in the season. We'll get things together. You only want to hear that so many times. You know what I mean? Like you, you other teams are doing well. <laughs> it's not like every team is going through this. Why are the avalanche? They've had so many of these guys together for a long period of time, especially your playmakers, your top line. We, we all want to say how, how, on the same page those guys are, especially Miko and McKinnon. And, you know, even Landeskog, you know, doing what he does. And he's having a very good season, believe it or not. Like, Gabe Landeskog is playing very well. Uh, but it's it's like, why, you know, we can't, other teams aren't using that excuse. So, in the Avalanche, I don't think I want to use it as an excuse. And they're not. And yes, it's still early in the season, but you got to, you have to start wondering like why why does it take so long for the abs to just finally hit their stride and it maybe I, I don't have an answer it's 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 kind of confusing so let's hear from miko it's a few minutes long and then uh some comments on the other end of it yeah miko uh, to start i guess just what what do you think kind of went wrong defensively for you guys as the game as the game went on yeah i don't know in the third like felt like we didn't have our legs for like either side of the puck like offensively or defensively we didn't 
create a lot in the third until they tie the game and and uh, defensively we were slow uh, slow checking and uh, just a lot of gliding and uh, not physical enough so that's not how you win games in NHL so really disappointing loss Peter go ahead again yeah is is I guess the when you talk about like gliding and stuff like that is that just is that mental or or what leads to that I guess I don't know. It's tough because it shouldn't ever happen. You know that, like we, sometimes it looks like we uh, kind of effortless. You know, and and uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's probably mental too. You know, maybe or or I guess everybody is really in good shape here, so it's not physically. I I know I know that. So so I think it's just mental to be ready to work work harder for each other. And uh, like it's two games in a row now. We we go with the lead into the third period and we blew blew two in a row. So it's like, if you want to win in the playoffs, this is not, a, or if you even want to get into the playoffs, it's, this is not how you play hockey. So we have to, you know, four days now or three, and we have to look in the mirror hard here and, and uh, come firing next game. Eric Dean, Mile High Sports. Hey, Miko, I, at what point of the season does the or do the defensive efforts that you guys have had start to get concerning? I mean, obviously, ten games into the season, does it get to start to get to that point, or is it still too early to really put a gauge on what this team can do defensively? Yeah, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's ever too early. I think you always have to, even after game one, you have to look in the mirror. If you don't do it right, then we especially haven't do it right today. We gave up again, like about 40, 40 shots or something. So, uh, I don't know. That was compared to us last year after we had a, we had, we had a slow start last year too. And then we, we picked it up, but today or this year, we have to do the same thing. You know, we haven't started well to our standards and, uh, now we just have to, like I said, look in the mirror and defensively get better and not give up so much. It's, uh, just the effort. Last one here from Miko, Peter Ba, the athletic. Yeah, what did you uh, think of Darcy's performance tonight in that? I think he was our best player, you know, for sure. He gave gave us the chance to win, and uh, I think we played okay in the last, first uh, first two periods, but the third one was, like, probably one of the worst periods we ever played. So, so uh, but Darcy was our best player. He gave us a chance to win, but he can do as much as he can, but, you know, he needs help from us. All right. So, uh, you know, some strong words from Miko there. Use the word effortless uh, and not in a good way. It's not like the game came effortlessly to them um, that they need to work harder and they need to look in the mirror. Three things that, you know, one of your star players is, is basically saying we need to change. We need to change. But he did, you know, they did ask him about Darcy Kemper and, for two periods, I was I was feeling like you know in the in the postseason when you always run into that goalie that's and the Avs did it with uh, I think it was like Flurry I think it was, uh, Flurry who who just in those couple games where, where the first two games that the Avs lost the Avs lost it to Vegas where they just can't get anything by him and that feeling that that team 
And that fan base has when you have the goalie that's just stopping everything and you just feel so good. You had that for, for those two periods against Columbus. You had that feeling of like, it's got to be aw- it's got to be awesome for us and so frustrating for Columbus and the Columbus fan base to know that nothing's getting by Kemper tonight. And then there's just lapses all over the place and, and people are losing track of who they're supposed to be on. And it's, it's just a mental breakdown of epic proportions. And it just has happened two games in a row and it's happened over the course of the season so far. I mean, is it you know doom and gloom? No, because there's been really good moments that the avalanche have had and they've had good moments in most of the games. They just need to figure out how to put it together. For three periods, 60 minutes, don't let up. Um, all right, well, let's hear from Built Bar, and we'll continue about who this all turns to. And I think you know who we're talking about. Uh, Built Bar. And you know Built Bar, you love Built Bar. And give Built Bar a chance as your Thanksgiving Day dessert. And if you are, if you're one of those people that makes those New Year's resolutions that you're going to start getting healthy, you need to start earlier and not just on New Year's. Get get the practice in on what you're going to do before New Year's starts. And Built Bar is a great way to incorporate that into any New Year's resolution before New Year's even starts. Dessert, always the best thing on Thanksgiving, in my opinion. It's better than the turkey. Maybe not better than the stuffing. Uh, but you're always looking forward to dessert. And all the desserts around Thanksgiving time, typically not the best for you. Built Bar is great for you. They're great tasting. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat, high in protein. Most bars contain only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So it's a great option when you are hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. And you can go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So we save the best or worst, however you want to say it, for last. And have not even mentioned Nathan McKinnon's name, I don't think. Well, no, once when I said that, you know, McKinnon and Nico are always on the same page. But this all, in my opinion, comes down to Nathan McKinnon really taking the reins and I can't speak to if he's doing that in the locker room. I'm sure he is. He is a vocal person. He doesn't hold back. doesn't really seem like he has a filter, uh, which is a good thing sometimes. And when it comes to his teammates, I'm sure, you know, the frustration level is high with him and he's doing what he needs to do probably in the locker room, but now he needs to do what he needs to do out on the ice. And I go back to an interview that he gave on the 32 Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman. And this was right before the season started, like a week or so before the season started. And a really good interview. You don't have to go back too far if you want to go uh, listen to it. And he talked a lot about what the team and he learned against Vegas in the Vegas series and how everybody was kind of really like, timid on not wanting to do something that would screw up and make a mistake 
that would lead to a Vegas goal. And he they they re, he said he really learned you just have to to play your game to your ability. And for him, that ability is above everybody else on the ice at any time he's on the ice. And it, and you know he he's learned that he just has to let his skill take over. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Hockey is a game full of mistakes. You're going to make mistakes in hockey. You cannot play a perfect game. It is impossible. So when I heard that, like I said, it was right before the season started. I was like, wow, all right, maybe we'll see a, a different Nathan McKinnon in, in like crunch time and in the clutch to really just let loose. But we haven't been, we haven't really seen the, the real Nathan McKinnon maybe a couple times. There was one one move that he made in the Columbus game, which was really, really nice. And it, it like I said, I can't remember. I think it went off the bar or might have went off the, the blocker. But he made a really nice move in traffic. But he seems to be struggling in traffic lately. But enough about like what he's doing, the, you know, the, the playmaking abilities that seem to be struggling for him. I, I think, you know, he'll figure that stuff out. He's going to work on that day in and day out. I have no doubt about that. He's one of the hardest working guys in the league. This is just, it comes down to, and I, and there was someone on, on uh, the YouTube channel who made a comment about, you know, it comes down to, to leadership. And you can take that, uh, you know, what leadership, the, the coaching, you know, a lot of people, are, and it happens, are calling for Bednar's head. Yeah, it comes down to coaching. And again, I have no doubt that that Bednar's just not sitting around, not not wanting to you know, try to figure out ways to correct what the Avalanche need to do right now. But on the ice, you know, in practice, he's I'm sure they're trying to figure this out. They're not just sitting there like bumps on a log, just saying like, "Ah, oh, well, it'll, it'll work itself out." No, they're 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 going out. They're, they're trying to figure out what it is. Nathan McKinnon needs to be that guy that that. You you know you everybody looks to him, not just the Avs team like the NHL world looks at what you know the superstars are doing, and when they see Nathan McKinnon with a goal, I think he has nine assists or something on the season, they question that they're like, what's you know is is, is everything all right over there? Not that that's nine assists is bad, but you know ten games in, I think what he missed two games. So he's, I think he's played eight games and he's got one goal. Like this is where the cream needs to rise to the top. And Nathan McKinnon needs to just be a bull in a China shop. And I say that knowing full well, I, I sometimes am critical of him when he tries to go too fast and do too much. It just seems like sometimes he loses the puck, but he needs to have, Organized chaos, I guess is how I would describe it. Uh, get that mean look. Get that, you know, the eye of the tiger, Rocky style, uh, where you're just not going to be denied. And there's times where, like, you're going to get the puck poked away. And his, his like, affect afterwards is, like, of, of frustration. And I get that. And that's where you see it bubbling over on the ice. That this team is so frustrated especially a guy like Nathan McKinnon, where if a puck gets knocked away, um, rather than just going turn around and just hustling your ass back, uh, you just see this look of dejection. Like, when is it going to, when am I going to break through? So I, I think you, you're, you're starting to see the frustration, not just with him, 
it's with everybody, mostly everybody, that the frustration is is starting to boil over onto the ice of of not. Before it was all right, you know, think things will get better. We'll 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 straighten this out. Uh, but now you're getting you're seeing it when you know they miss a shot or they miss a pass, just like a quick like hang in your head. And that's going to happen from time to time, but it just seems like it's happening more often right now for the Avs. So the 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 one thing that could turn the tide quicker than anything else is this power play. This power play should not be where it is. If you follow me on Instagram, I put up two heat maps from uh, moneypuck.com. No, I'm lying. That was, for, it was from... Uh, naturalstattrick.com and they had the heat maps for the avalanche on the power play and they they have like you can you can click between a number of heat maps and they have one specifically for when the avalanche are on the power play there is no green which is where you you are on most of the power play none right in the net front not a single dot of green anywhere on the net front, on the abs, any of the abs power play collectively. I compared that to the Florida Panthers heat map when they played Carolina. This is Carolina. The two best teams right now in the league going head to head. And the Panthers were three out of five on the power play. And there is a big chunk of green, like you know, uh, Slimer and Ghostbusters right in the net front. And they were three out of five. That's what you have to do. But the Avs are even struggling to get zone entries on their their power plays right now. So it makes sense why they can't set anything up to have a net front presence. Go if you don't follow me on Instagram. Go 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 look at it. I put them right next to each other. That is the that's the long and the short of it. The Avs have to be better on the power play. That gets everything else going. You score some goals on the power play. You do two out of four or three out of five like the Panthers did. And then, you you know, three, two goals. Give me two goals on a power play. And I have every all the confidence in the world that the Avs can then score another two or three five on five. But when your, your power play is as inept as it is, it gives you no – like you, you are solely pinning your hopes on the five on five which the abs are fine in, but that's what the power play is there for. It's like a walk in baseball. It's like, a, a, you know, a, you get that that uh, first batter walk, and chances are he's going to score. It just gives, it gives you the leg up, and the avalanche are not taking advantage of it, and they have to. Once those power play goals start coming, you everything else, just the confidence starts building because you got a point on the board. I'm not saying it solves all the problems, but it's the easiest way to score a goal. So I, before anything else, I think that needs that needs to get fixed, and all these other things might start falling in place. And please, for the love of God, stop doing the drop back pass all the time. I get that it works, and I get McKinnon. You know he's tough to handle when he has a full head of steam. That's why you do it with him, and you don't really do it that much on the second unit yeah you do it but it gets stopped a lot more on the second unit than the first 
but just give them a different look, please, every once in a while. That's like what Kyle was saying with putting uh, Nate, Miko, and Gabe on the centers, on the center position for lines one, two, and three, just to change it up and have that other team go, whoa, what is this? And then go back to the, the big three on the top line if you want to. But that just implants in the other team's head, okay, we don't know what they're going to do next. And right now, you know everything the Avalanche are going to do. And they're struggling because you know that. Okay, people, that's going to be it for today. Uh, let me know your thoughts. I'm sure you have them. Um, but I always appreciate it. And may- thanking, thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. It's always appreciated. Go check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey if you're uh, wanting to see how these ads players are doing in fantasy land. I'm getting other hosts asking me what's going on with Avalanche players when it comes to fantasy hockey. Uh, and should they drop a guy or two? I'm not giving fantasy uh, advice. You can go to Locked On Fantasy Hockey for that. So uh, that will wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It is always appreciated. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.